The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on Sirius XM Triumph, Channel 132. I don't think that we're ever gonna get true justice on this earth. We had heard a report on TV about a body being found that was badly burned on the railroad tracks, but never did we ever connect the two. We were two blocks from where she was. If they'd have just knocked on the door, walked the streets, we, I don't, we don't know if we could have saved her life, but she wouldn't have sat there for two days in a trash can. A crime that strikes terror into the hearts of parents across our country. A wonderful, bright young couple carjacked after a Saturday night date night and murdered in the most horrific way you can imagine. Christopher Newsom tied up, shot in the back of the head, dragged to a railway track and set on fire after a rape. His girlfriend, 21-year-old University of Tennessee student, Shannon, her fate even more horrific. Her death comes after hours of torture in which she was raped and tortured with a broken chair leg beaten, bleach poured down her throat and over her bleeding body in an attempt to cover up evidence of rape. All this occurs while she is alive. She's tied up with curtains and a plastic bag put over her face. According to the autopsy, she was suffocated to death. 
Nancy Grace, Crime Stories, thank you for being with us. Straight out to Pamela Fur, Crime Stories investigative reporter. In the last hours, someone has appeared in court. I want the truth of what happened that night, and I want all murderers brought to justice in this case. Pam, please start at the beginning. What happened? I'm looking at photos of Shannon Christian right now and her boyfriend, Christopher Newsom. They're so happy. They're so young. They're so in love. Start at the beginning, Pamela. What happened? While out on a date, Chris Newsom and Shannon Christian were carjacked from an apartment complex by Lamarcus Davidson and Latalvis Cobbins. They're two brothers, and they had their buddy Eric Boyd with them. The carjacking apparently turned immediately into a kidnapping because another vehicle came up on them in the parking lot. Their headlights shone into the car, and these guys freaked out. They didn't know what to do, so they decided to throw the young couple back into the car, and they drove to a house nearby that the two brothers were renting. It was on Chipman Street in Knoxville. And this is where the real nightmare begins. Take a listen now to what the victim's parents understand happened the night. Their children were murdered. 12.35, the phone rang that night, and he spoke to spoke to her on the phone. She called to check in to let us know that she was coming home rather than um, staying at Kara's that night. And I sat up, and she never came home. We had not seen him since Saturday night, which that's, that's not unusual. He was 23 years old, and he kind of came and went, you know, with not a whole lot of restrictions at that age. And uh, the way we discovered he was missing was Shannon's mother, Dina, called and said that Shannon didn't show up for work. I got a phone call, and it said... Um, Man, there, there, there's something going on up here at this house by the uh, trash place. And then I got another call that said um, that, he, that they thought that they had found her because, or somebody, because they were bringing in, um, there was an ambulance that had just gotten there. Detective Snodderly says it's Chris. We asked, well, how do you know? And he said, I recognized him by his eyes. Everything fell apart at that moment. This is what we know. Um, Chris was a talented carpenter, a former baseball player, and college senior Shannon had gone to a friend's home after a date night at a movie and a local restaurant. They were held up at gunpoint and carjacked forced to drive to an old home in one of Knoxville's toughest neighborhoods where they were approached by their captors, some of them ex-cons, and then lived through a nightmare no parent wants to imagine could ever happen to their child, Pamela. Investigators say Newsom, he's the young man, uh, at one point was taken to the railroad tracks near the house, he was made to walk there barefoot. They'd beaten him up quite a bit before this happened, but they made him walk barefoot. He was then raped, bound, gagged, shot three times. One of those shots in the head, execution style. He was then wrapped with some sort of comforter, doused with gasoline, and then set on fire. Now, while this was happening, the young girl, Shannon Christian, was tied up. She was raped in every way imaginable. Evidence shows at some point she was savagely beaten in her vaginal area. This young girl had also suffered blows to the head, at one point dragged into the living room of the house, and in what investigators say was an attempt to destroy DNA, bleach was sprayed down her throat. We're also told she was later hogtied, and while she was still alive, her body was encased in black garbage bags, and then her head was wrapped with a plastic grocery bag. She was then stuffed into a garbage can, left to die slowly in pain, suffocating. These two did not die quickly, y'all. It was a very, very savage way for both of these young people to go. I want you to listen to Shannon's dad, 
describing the kidnap. Do you know how quick to Shannon and Chris that that char carjacking went down? You, you come down your stairs and you go get in the car and you are cranking your car and your boyfriend gets inside the door there, going to get him a little sugar. Boom! There's a gun in the back of your head and some big sucker gets in your forerunner and puts a gun on you just like that. It's done. Pamela Furr, Crime Stories investigator reporter. One of the alleged murderers has just been in court. How was he brought in, Pamela? Five people were convicted in the murders of these two young people. Let's start with what investigators call the ringleader, Lamericus Davidson. He was found guilty on all counts and sentenced to death. We do have the death penalty still here in the state of Tennessee, and he was indeed sentenced to death. His brother, Latavis Cobbins, was guilt, found guilty of murder and facilitation of murder. He was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Another man who was involved in all of this, George Thomas, guilty on all counts, sentenced to life without parole originally. But later, he was granted a retrial, and he was convicted on almost all of the same charges, but this time sentenced to life with the possibility of parole after 51 years. Vanessa Coleman, she's the only female involved in this case. She was found guilty of facilitation of Christian's murder, kidnapping, and rape, sentenced to 53 years in prison originally, but was later retried and convicted on lesser charges and sentenced to 30 years. That brings us to Eric Boyd. Now, at first, he was only convicted of hiding Davidson after the slaying, right? He was hiding the ringleader, Lamericus Davidson, uh, and didn't bring him to authorities who were looking for him. So at this point, he was sentenced to 18 years in prison. But now, 11 years later, prosecutors believe they have enough to charge him with murder. Well, this is what I don't understand, To Ashley Wilcott joining me. Founder of ChildCrimeWatch.com, juvenile judge and lawyer. Ashley, it seems to me that one of the other killers, I mean, these two young people murdered mm -hmm. after horrific torture where both the man and the woman, the, the young girl, were raped and then tortured and murdered. It seems to me that one of the others would have given states evidence against the last one, no? Right, I would think so too. I don't know why not. And it does beg the question for me, did the state not give any kind of deal, any kind of something to try to get them to do that? I'm surprised as well. You know, to Karen Stark, a renowned psychologist joining us out of New York. Karen, the pack mentality, when people get together, and here you got a bunch of ex-cons, number one, but when people get together, they do things they would not normally do on their own. And I believe that's how these two young people, Shannon Christian, just 21, and boyfriend Christopher Newsom were murdered. That's, that's correct, Nancy. Pack mentality is the right way to describe it. You find that people will be more likely to commit a crime, go along with what the rest of the pack is doing and become highly influenced by the behavior of those around them. So, and especially if one of the, the people that's in charge of this group or is, has a powerful personality um, seems to be approving it and, you know, okaying the fact that they can do this. Well, another thing that is really disturbing to top it all off is there is a female involved in this horrific double murder. A female, Vanessa Coleman, is involved as well to Pamela Furr, Crime Stories investigative reporter. How? Why is a woman involved with a bunch of ex-cons who carjack, sodomize, rape, torture this young couple who all they did was go out to a movie that night? How does she get involved in this? She was at the house and investigators believe she's the one that uh, raped young Shannon Christian with objects and also beat her pretty savagely in her vaginal area. So this was a brutal thing this woman did 
to another woman, but again, was later retried, convicted on lesser charges, and sentenced to 35 years in prison. Four males, one female, first arrested, and in the last hours, another perp brought into court on rape, theft, kidnapping, robbery, capital murder, and carjacking. You know, 50 years isn't enough. This is a death penalty case. We also know four of them had multiple prior felony convictions. Now, what what I don't understand is how one of them walked away with just time behind bars. Everybody, all of them, should stew in the same pot together with the death penalty. Prosecutors say they didn't have enough evidence against Boyd at all, and what they did have was circumstantial. So they decided to go after him for what they believe could actually bring a conviction. So what's changed? To be honest, we really don't know. Prosecutors aren't saying much at all. But we do know technology has gotten better in the last 11 years, so perhaps DNA evidence. He's being charged with 36 counts. They include first-degree murder, felony murder, especially aggravated robbery, especially aggravated kidnapping, and aggravated rape. And in the state of Tennessee, he could get the death penalty. Prosecutors are not saying yet if they're going to go for it, but they could. Take a listen now to the victim's parents. Anybody that knew Chris was his friend, and and he had a smile that everybody just loved. She was a typical girl. I mean, she wasn't perfect. Nobody's perfect, but she was never gave us any trouble, always did well in school. She was beautiful, but what made her even more beautiful was the fact that she was not stuck on herself. Two weeks before this happened, Chris had that motorcycle, that, um, and he loved it. He, he rode it all the time, and we were always afraid for him when he rode the motorcycle. We didn't want anything to happen, and he knew that we were scared about him riding it. And he called me one afternoon and said, Mom, I've sold my bike. And I said, you have, Chris? I said, why did you do that? And he said, because I want a life. And that just haunts me now that he said that. And two weeks later, here he is dead. It just haunts me. They raped him. They tortured him. They beat him. Then they killed him. It's not a normal murder. Christian and Shannon leaving together that January evening when they were carjacked, kidnapped, sodomized, raped, and murdered. The perps pouring bleach across Shannon's body to hide evidence of rape. Police recover an envelope from the vehicle that yielded a fingerprint, a fingerprint that led them to one of the killers just two blocks away from Christian's car. One body, Newsom's body, discovered near a set of railroad tracks. He had been bound, blindfolded, gagged, stripped naked from the waist down, and shot in the back of the head. And only now are we learning the final perpetrator being brought to justice. Two Ann Bremner, high-profile Seattle lawyer, joining me. What took so long, Ann? Well, of course, we did have retrials in this case, but when we look at Eric Boyd, he, he was convicted of accessory after the fact or rendering criminal assistance, which is not as serious, of course, as aggravated first-degree murder. And it looks like they were looking for evidence for quite some time to basically take that timing of his participation back from just before the murders in any way because, as you know, you're in for a dime, you're in for a dollar, and that would make him complicit as a principal for murder one under felony murder, which was one of the indictments, or as uh, being a direct participant. Prosecutors certainly will be working very, very hard to make sure they get this one right. There were two of those convicted in the murders in this case. Their trials or their convictions were overturned, now, it didn't have anything to do with the prosecution. The judge, the judge in those cases actually was involved in some sort of pill scandal, and so their convictions were overturned in the middle of all of that. They were retried. The good news is they were convicted, but they don't want to get anything wrong in this case with Eric Boyd. Now, he was convicted, sentenced to 18 years, but not for murder. 
and not for aggravated rape, but harboring you know, the ringleader in this case. So this is a big deal. Something else had to come up. They had to be working on this for a long time. They got four of them. One of them got the death penalty. But in this instance, he was going to be uh, paroled in 2022. And time was of the es essence, really, to get him back in. So I'm very anxious to see what they have. Well, I'll tell you what I think they've got. His own words, apparently, are going to be used against him. To Vincent Hill, private investigator, when will anybody learn? Actually, I hope they don't. That their jailhouse phone calls are taped, Vincent. I mean, think back on Tot Mom Casey Anthony and all the hate she spewed on not only tape-recorded but video-recorded visits with her parents. Jailhouse phone calls are recorded, Vincent. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the good thing about criminals is they're not too smart, even though they believe they are. So, yeah, as long as people talk, then people will find themselves in the exact same situation this guy's found himself in. We have long known the state needed more evidence to finish this case. What is the evidence? Police and prosecutors are being tight-lipped, but we have reason to believe that it is recorded jailhouse conversations. Eric Boy's own words may be evidence used against him in the Christian Newsom torture slayings. And you know what that means? That means to Pamela Furr, a crime stories investigative reporter, that somebody has to sit there and listen and listen and listen, combing through jailhouse audio to find exactly what they're, what they're looking for, Pam Fur. We've also seen the witness list, and what's interesting is this. Several people from the Blunt County Sheriff's Office are on it. Boyd was housed in the Blunt County Jail while he was awaiting his first trial, and he stayed there up until his conviction. So that suggests he may have been talking a lot while he was behind bars. There are two BCSO corrections officers and a former BCSO jail investigator on that list. And as you well know, phone conversations are recorded between the incarcerated and anyone on the outside. Only now are we learning the final perpetrator being brought to justice. Boyd has appeared before a judge. He was assigned an attorney to defend him. A tentative trial date has been set for September the 10th and a status hearing is set for June the 6th. In fact, the parents of both of these young people were ecstatic when they heard that the prosecutors were going to go after Eric Boyd for actual murder charges because the parents believed all along that he had a bigger role in their children's murder. In fact, the Knoxville News Sentinel talked to the parents. Take a listen now to the victim's parents speaking out. It's about time. We've been trying to get uh, something done for, well, ever since the trials were over. From everything that we've heard uh, through seven trials and everything that we uh, know from bits and pieces of evidence, testimony, uh, it's never been a doubt in our mind that Eric Boyd was at the carjacking. Uh, he was um, one of the ones that got in the forerunner with uh, uh, that forced Shannon and Chris into the forerunner with them. Um, we knew he was guilty. And um, there was a time when we, in the very beginning, we tried to uh, get the uh, federal prosecutors to go for more than what they did when they um, tried him for uh, accessory after the fact. But they didn't have, um, for the state court, they didn't feel like they had enough. And obviously things have changed and uh, um, 36 counts, I think shows that the district attorney's office is pretty much convinced that uh, he is guilty. So I'm, I'm, I'm personally, we're, uh, we're glad that he's finally here. But we wanted to be here, and we were, and Boyd's uh, presence. What went through your mind when you first saw him? 
Well, his presence has changed a lot. He looks a lot different now than he did before. He, he looked a lot uh, tougher before, and now he looks like he's been relaxed. Good shape. Good shape, like he's, you know, really Fed well. been rested, and he, he just looks a lot different. Did you feel any emotions when you saw him? I mean, this is the first time in years that you've probably seen him in person, right? It is, but I, I really didn't feel anything. I just looked at him, but, but I, I just really didn't have any emotions. If I had any emotions that I could say, they, they would not be anything that's really mentionable. It, it was just kind of like dull. Glad to see him now in a courtroom facing murder charges. Yes, that was. I'm very glad about that. That's where he should have been to begin with. It's been a long time, but it's finally come. Uh, what's justice for you? What would you like to see happen to him? Well, I would like to see him um, guilty. I'd like to see him convicted on all, all 34 charges. counts. 36. That's that's 36, and that's that's what he should be found on. That would be justice for us. Just the thought, though, of another trial having to relive this again, is this going to be hard for you? No. No. No, because I'm, this is the one that will matter the most to me. After seven trials, you kind of get used to the environment, and it's not going to be any major uh, pain for us. You know, um, sometimes pain and hurt never goes away. I want you to listen to Shannon's dad. I'd be sitting in that chair, and she would come, I bet, a thousand times and slide right over the arm of that chair and sit in my lap. She was so tall, long-legged, her feet still dragging the ground. But she would sit in my lap, put her arm around me, and look at me a certain way, Daddy. And I would get this feeling that would come over me like, this is gonna cost me. <laughs> if I sit down in that chair and shut my eyes, I can feel her do it. sure feels good and when I open them I got a rage in me you wouldn't believe I hate in me that ain't normal We still yet have to deal with it on our own, and that is something that we we face day to day. We can't bring her back. These two, just 21 and 23, minding their own business, going out to dinner and a movie, carjacked, brutally tortured, and murdered. It's taken years, but remember, justice never sleeps. A mother of three is arrested after feeding her baby daughter, according to police, mac and cheese made with marijuana. What? Alan, do you, what happened? It was dinner time in this Arizona home where this uh, mom had cooked up a special dish for her husband, Elena Marie Lampert. She's 25 years old in Tempe. She made some mac and cheese, and her husband decided to share it with little the little 21-month-old daughter. There was a problem with that, though, and they noticed it quickly when the child started acting strangely. Turned out that Miss Limpert had used THC butter, that's a chemical that comes out of marijuana, in the mac and cheese, and so their young daughter was, was high. I mean, uh, hold on with me, uh, renowned guest. 
Dr. Maroney, medical examiner. Dr. Maroney, I, I'm overwhelmed that a 21-month-old child, this Arizona mom behind bars after her child is 21 months old, has mac and cheese. I mean, Dr. Maroney, my children would eat mac and cheese for every meal. They'd eat it in their sleep if I would let them. They're like addicts. All kids love mac and cheese, but I don't make it with THC. Dr. Maroney, what is mac and cheese? For those of you just joining us with us, Dr. William Maroney. Dr. Maroney, what is THC? THC is tetrahydrocannabinol. It's a chemical that's produced inside the cannabis plant. That's why it's called cannabinol. There's uh, 50 or 60 different chemicals that are produced, but it's considered to be the active psychotropic. It has brain uh, stimulating activities, and in 21-month-old children, it can cause high blood pressure, sleeping, tachycardia, delusions, and this child, right after eating it, should have gone to the emergency room for monitoring and maybe a pediatric ICU. This is the problem when we introduce cannabis ambiguously into the society and cannabis products. Okay, when you're saying cannabis, you mean marijuana. Yes. Anytime you take a part of a marijuana plant and you break it down into the, the chemicals, the THC, Cannabis can refer to the flowers, it can refer to the leaves, uh, it can refer to extracts, but in all those, the active drug is tetrahydrocannabinol, and there's no place, that's like giving opium to a 21-month-old, that's like giving vodka to a 21-month-old, the, the untoward consequences are outrageous, and you have the duality of ambiguous cannabis policy that you can sell tetrahydrocannabinol in butter and once you get it to the home there's no control on what happens to it that's the problem with i mean didn't you see this coming when marijuana was legalized in so many jurisdictions i saw this in 2008 when they said okay we can do this we'll make it medical but then none of the containers that uh medical uh cannabis medical marijuana was sold in none of them were childproof so we need better laws well i'm just sick because when you're saying uh with me is renowned medical examiner dr william maroney author of a brand new book american narcan that you can see on amazon dr maroney when i think of a 21 month old child having delusions i mean this is not a very good comparison but i remember when I gave my beloved pet catnip, Coco was so afraid, he ran under the bed and hid. He had these wild eyes. He was afraid of everything. And this is a cat that was an attack cat. He would attack grown guys. Okay, He was out of his mind. I felt so bad because it was my fault. Here, this is a baby a 21-month-old baby girl who is suffering delusions from pot and possible tachycardia. What is tachycardia? The early effects of THC in naive patients, adults and children and babies, would be an elevation in heart rate, fast, bam, 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 or elevation in blood pressure. That's not good. And then long-term exposure, the same time later, it slows the heart down and makes it more difficult and puts them asleep. Cannabis toxicity in the ER, when people come in with cannabis toxic events, if it slowed them down, it makes their muscles flaccid and it's difficult for them to breathe. And this would happen in a baby, maybe even intubation. That's where they put you up to a ventilator because you can't breathe anymore. 
because of the effects of the drug. Intubation? You mean, wait a minute, intubation is when they stick a, a tube down your throat. Because the long-term effects of that naive exposure to cannabis in a baby, it's going to stop breathing. But that's not the end of it. Joining me, Dr. Brian Russell, in addition to Dr. William Maroney, author of American Narcan, Dr. Brian Russell, host of the hit show, Fatal Vows on Investigation, Discovery, Psychologist, and Lawyer. Dr. Brian Russell, that's so not the end of it. Because as a little 21-month-old baby girl is having delusions from pot, marijuana, her mom fed her and her mac and cheese, mommy sees the little girl freaking out and having delusions. And instead of rushing her to the hospital, the mother starts laughing. Elena Marie Limpert. I mean, last night, Lucy, Santa Claus, in his wisdom, brought her a balance beam and a bunch of gymnastics stuff, which is still sitting in the middle of the den floor for her to play with. She fell on it last night. I mean, it wasn't serious, but I couldn't run over there fast enough and then try to pretend to help her walk her back to the sofa like she's really hurt. But I was afraid maybe she skinned her knee. All right. And my son had soccer yesterday, Dr. Russell. He came, when I got him home, I looked at his leg. It was covered with, like, burns from the grass. We immediately cleaned it and put Bactine all over it. Dr. Brian Russell, they started laughing. The mother and the father start laughing at the little girl. Yeah, I mean, as if it weren't uh, irresponsible and, and negligent enough to let a situation happen in that household, allegedly, where the kid got access to uh, marijuana. Here we now have the parents finding out about it and allegedly not even uh, not even being concerned, not taking the kid to the emergency room, as Dr. Maroney said would have been the responsible thing to do, but, but actually uh, thinking it was funny to see the effects of marijuana intoxication on this little, little kid. And this is the problem that I always point out to the marijuana legalization crowd. I, you know, I don't care if, if an adult wants to, uh, you know, uh, fry their mind on whatever in their uh, privacy of their own home, uh, it would be fine with me if there were no way for that behavior to end up affecting the rest of us. But that's always the problem. And if you ask one of these uh, legalization activists, well, in exchange for the freedom to use this that you say you want the freedom to do, are you willing to agree that if you ever uh, use it in such a way that it gets around a child, or you ever use it when you're supposed to be parenting a child, or you ever end up on the road intoxicated on it, you've got a mandatory minimum five years behind bars. They say no. They want the freedom without the responsibility, and that we can't have. Okay, Dr. Brian Russell, I know you you think you've seen it all. That's what I always think, too. After all the cases I prosecuted, all the bad guys I put in jail, all the cases I cover, I think, well, I've seen it all. Well, here's a shock. You haven't. Not only did they start laughing at the 21-month-old baby girl tripping, thanks to mommy feeding her pot and her mac and cheese, Dr. Brian Russell, I hope you are sitting down. They then take her outside and throw her in a pool to, quote, shock her out of the high. A 21-month-old baby then put in the backyard pool the cold water, they say, to shock her. Dr. Russell, help me out. Why, I mean, th th these people need to be tarred and feathered, the mother and the father. And why isn't the dad behind bars? Why is just the mom arrested? But let me start with the pool, Dr. Russell. That, that's a great question why they're not both arrested. And and the, the pool, the, the idea that their, uh, their concern, allegedly, uh, for this kid uh, was so little that they thought that, well, maybe we'll splash some cold water from the pool on the child, and and that will be the extent of our uh, our treatment for treatment. Uh, this intoxication that we've allowed to happen in the house it is enough for me as somebody who's been an expert in child custody cases to say I, I wouldn't be comfortable with that child ever going back 
to that household with these two. Well, I agree with you, Dr. Brian Russell. Uh, to Dr. William Maroney, renowned medical examiner, author of a new book, American Narcan. Dr. Maroney, apparently the Department of Child Safety in Arizona feels the same way because they have removed her other children and she's in court whining and carrying on. Take a listen to the mom. Here she is in court. And she breaks down and starts crying. She's a Tempe, Arizona mom who allegedly makes marijuana mac and cheese, Elena Marie Limpert, and feeds it to her 21-month-old little girl. Listen. State your name and date of birth. Elena Marie Limpert, 122292. Okay, you're here on a Superior Court new case alleging one count of child abuse, Class 4 felony. I've appointed a lawyer to represent you. Your next hearing will be a status conference on April 19th at 8.30. I am going to release you to pretrial services with drug testing and monitoring and on an ankle monitor. Yes, ma'am. And you will have a number of conditions, including you will have to have times your, your leaving of the house will be restricted yes, by the hours set or approved by your pretrial officers. You will have no contact with any children, minor children. Mine? Any of your children. For how long? You will not have any contact with any minors, including the alleged victim. Okay. And um, no contact with the, if you have any co-defendant on this case. A, a co-defendant, I'm sorry. I don't know if your the alleged father has been charged or not. If he has not, then you can have contact, but you will not have any contact with any minors. No, he has not been charged or in any custody, nothing is. All right. Another thing to Dr. William Maroney, the father allegedly didn't know about the THC until after the little girl ate it. But... I don't care because while the little girl is trip A, he knows it's in the house, number one, because this woman, the mother, his wife, she is, let me just say, a marijuana enthusiast. Uh, she is listed as the CEO at Marijuana Demographic and has images with marijuana paraphernalia on all of her social media. In the home, there are two marijuana grow tents, 20 plants, mushrooms, bongs, pipes, hash oil. In the fridge, there are three large tubs of THC butter. So she breaks down and cries at the court appearance. Uh, but long story short, what about the dad? Because when the little girl, the 21-month-old tot, starts tripping, he starts laughing and puts her in the cold water in the backyard. Why, why isn't he behind bars? Here's what I would say. He didn't prepare the butter. He didn't prepare the meal. And he only had access to that knowledge after. Here's the hard part about this. They recognized that there was something wrong because they went to the pool. But they didn't have enough concern to bring it to somebody's attention medically. So you can't say that they didn't know because they recognized they needed something, but they chose a pool instead of a best practice medical exam, uh, an ER, an urgent care to bring it or to call 911. You know, how do you, what, what if there were seizures? What happens if they gave this to a child and a child had seizures? What if there was, they stopped breathing? You call 911. You would call 911 all the time if you couldn't take the uh, child. So uh, there's not a lot of parental support here. This goes way beyond parenting classes. There's ethical and moral debates about how they care for their children. Guys, we were talking about a Tempe, Arizona mother who has marijuana throughout the home, three large tubs of marijuana butter that she used to make mac and cheese. Her daughter, 21 months old, starts tripping, likely delusions, and they put her in the cold water in the outdoor pool. Mom behind bars right now. Let me just say a marijuana 
enthusiast. Dr. William Maroney, what about the incidents of deaths, um, car crashes, other forms of death related to the legalization of marijuana? Where does that stand right now? I can tell you, based on um, state police studies, that we have 56% of fatal car crashes are marijuana positive contributing to the fatal crash, 56%. This is not a small problem. And as states roll out cannabis rights and cannabis access, that's going to go up because the preceding decade has fed a false dialogue of, oh, this is safer than beer. Oh, well, this isn't that bad. Oh, this doesn't cause it. No, any substance. It's, it's, it's never an argument of this is safer than beer so you can drive. They're both bad. It's, it's a false choice. There are not a good and a bad here. There's a bad and a bad. We know that fatal crashes are up in Colorado. But you know what else we know? Toxic emergency room pediatric exposures are up in Colorado. So they did not think out the access here to give adults access to cannabis and to prevent pediatric exposures, to prevent fatal motor vehicle crashes. They're up. And the only reason they got away with the safe dialogue is there wasn't enough time to measure it. When we finish a full decade, people will understand the woe and will have cannabis on the wrong side of fatal motor vehicle crashes. Uh, you, you can't judge that it's safe in one or two years. You have to look for five or six, and we're beginning to see that roll in. 56% of fatal car crashes are cannabis posi in, in toxicology in the autopsy. That's the, the, the across the nation. You know, I, I don't understand it, too. Dr. Brian Russell, host of Investigation Discovery's Fatal Vows. Dr. Brian, I know it, it, it makes me sound crazy to rail against the legalization of marijuana. But I prosecuted in inner city Atlanta. I saw crime, marijuana-related violent crime. And it, it literally breaks my heart to know that our governments have allowed this to happen. People don't know. They're not expected to know these statistics that Maroney's throwing out. And he's right. They're not expected to have seen what I saw in court. It, it, they don't know. They believe, as Dr. Maroney said, the dialogue that, hey, it's like having a couple of beers. Now, fatal car crashes, 56% of them related to marijuana. We have really screwed up letting this get legalized. Yeah, you're right. You don't sound crazy to me at all. In fact, you know, think about alcohol for a minute. We have legal alcohol in this country, and, and I think that's I, – I, I don't have a problem with that because there's a way to enjoy alcohol that is not about uh, getting intoxicated and losing your faculties. Now, uh, think about the percentage of people you know – who at some point in their lives try drinking alcohol. I would say in my life, it's close to 100. I know just a few people who've never had it, who are adults, who've never had a drop of alcohol in their lives. Uh, now, think about a country in which that same percentage of people end up at some point playing around with marijuana. I don't think... I want to live in that country, and I don't think you probably want to live in that country because a substantial percentage of those people will continue to play around with it and other things uh, of, of a more uh, potent nature. And, and there, it really is not, it's not analogous to alcohol in the sense that there's not a way, it, there's no 
uh, there's no purpose of these substances, no way to enjoy them that's not about getting intoxicated and blunting, if not completely shutting down your faculties. This is what we know. This Tempe, Arizona mom behind bars right now crying uh, over being away from her children. Well, I don't want to sound harsh, but the reality is you keep three tubs of pot butter in your fridge and make mac and cheese out of it. What do you think is going to happen? Nancy Grace, Crime Stories, signing off. Goodbye, friend. Big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Lisa's Sapira Hybrid has been named Wirecutter's best hybrid mattress five years running. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy. Thanks, Lisa Mattress, for being our partner. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.